Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It seems like a long week that's finally drawing to a close. I don't, I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know. Some people had three days off with Martin Luther King Day and the, and the two weather days and so forth. But I'm glad that it's finally Friday. It's going to be colder, too, than it was yesterday. Highs today of only 56. That's going to happen around 4 in the afternoon. Then cold and breezy tomorrow. Highs of only 44, which, if you think about it, is pretty close to 30, especially with the wind chill and the wind blowing. And again, it happening late in the afternoon. First, the lows tonight, 24 North Shore, 30 South Shore. Then tomorrow, the high of 44. 22 for a low North Shore, 28 South Shore. Tomorrow night into Sunday morning, Sunday highs of 48. And then it warms up for the week, 62 for a high on Monday, 68 on Tuesday, 70 on Wednesday, up to 72 on Thursday as we head toward Mardi Gras and the parades and so forth. Um, Amelia Kent joins us right now, chair of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Livestock Advisory Committee to talk about the effect of the weather and, and ranching in general. How are you doing, Amelia? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. Um, how, big a, how big of an industry is ranching in Louisiana? You know, it, comparative to some of our other commodities, it doesn't make the headlines that perhaps rice and sugar and um, the timber industries do, but what's really intriguing and um, w- w- impactful with our state beef cattle industry is we we literally touch every single parish in the state. Um, you, unlike any of those other commodities I just mentioned, it's hard you'd be hard pressed to find some of those commodities in every parish, but with beef cattle, you can. I don't want to um, offend anybody here, but we all. Um drive around and we see the the cattle in the pasture cattle in the pasture and so forth and and they're not pets so obviously they they these uh these cattle are being ranched and i've always wondered about the business model behind that how hard is it to make a profit as a rancher is there a a number of a head of cattle that you have to have where you get some kind of economies of scale you can't have three and then maybe if you get two thousand it's too many how does all that work Yes, economies of scale are definitely at play. However, the profitability and the respective business models are so individual specific. It's really hard to compare. Like, for instance, I used an example of um, when we shared, we literally shared a fence row with my husband's cousin. Mm -hmm. And the property he ran was very similar to the property we managed. Um, And a lot of the two business models lined up. But at least 20% of those two business models were very different in their respective rights. So I. Um, How so, Amelia? It, every, it's not a cookie cutter business model to say you do this, this, and this, and it's right. It's mm-hmm. property specific, it's forage specific, it's animal specific, it's marketing. Um, for instance, one of, the, one of the topics I've been talking about a lot in, with the cold weather is. The impact on the cows, especially the cows having calves. Not everybody is calving right now, but the one of the factors of people yes having calves right now, uh, people having a calving season right now, is 
to take advantage of a different marketing cycle than those later caps hit in the cycle of the year. Um, so it, there are so many variables at play and then um, impacted outside with the cattle futures and cattle markets as well. You can have a black swan event that um, really has more of a direct impact on the futures market than at the farm gate, but it's felt in the marketing and the prices at the farm gate. At the farm what? Farm gate. The farm, so think boots on the ground compared to um, investor level. See, you've been, you're a fourth generation farmer. You come from Colorado, ranching territory and so forth. I'm, I'm not. I'm a city boy. I don't know anything about this. This is what I'm trying to learn, Amelia. Sure, sure. No, I, I'm, I'm glad to visit with you on the topic. But it's, I, I can't tell you what makes one farm profitable compared to another one. I can't give you a magic number either. Um, there are some small-scale farms that are incredibly profitable, and there are some larger-scale farms and ranches that are also incredibly profitable, and it really requires a sharp pencil, especially in today's age. How many head of cattle do you have on your ranch? <clears throat> Several hundred. Um, wow. We, <clears throat> excuse my cough, we are a diversified cattle business, so we historically have had our primary focus on the cow-calf segment of the cattle industry, mm -hmm. but for the past five and six years, we've also been running yearlings or stalkers, and um, those are cattle that have been weaned but are still growing their way through um, the growth cycle. So they they would be post-weaning. Um, I, I kind of make the analogy on the stalkers that they're more like teenagers in a human equivalent, if that makes sense. They'd be the teenagers of the human growth cycle. I'll back you up a little bit. Are you saying stalkers or stalkers? Stock, S-T-O-C-K-E-R. Okay, gotcha. Stalkers. St stalkers, okay. And that, mm -hmm. those, so how long does it take to wean a calf away from its mother and it starts eating grass, if that's not too dumb of a question? Well, actually, uh, baby calves can, I'll see baby calves of ours grazing alongside their cows as early as one and two months old. Okay. They're primary source of nutrition at that point is still mama's milk. But as they get older, we wean between seven and nine months of age. Um, as that calf is getting older and closer to that four, five, six months, that ratio of grass to milk is going to shift. It will be less milk and more grass. Um, to, the, the most stressful part of weaning is in that first week where they're still calling, the cow is still calling for the calf. Um, but once you get past that initial week, um, and we, we do supplement with feed in that time frame too, just because of nutritional requirements. But a, a calf learns how to graze early, early on. And most of our farmers and ranchers in the state, I'd venture to say all of them are a pastured model. This, this there, is... may be, Go ahead. there may be some weaning where they need to stay in smaller pens to get past the initial wean, uh, but otherwise, I do not know of a cattle business in Louisiana that is not a pastured grazing model. You know what's so fascinating about me to this is that we pass stuff every day, and we don't understand how any of it works. We just take it for granted that it's there at the store, and we buy it, and we cook it, and we eat it, and we don't realize everything that goes in 
to, to having that happen. And that's why I'm glad to talk to Amelia. We take a break. We'll pick it up. We'll be here when we come back. Amelia Ken, chair of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Livestock Advisory Committee. We're going to talk about the weather and the drought and the conditions that it's had on ranching in Louisiana. If y'all got any questions or comments, 504-260-1870. I got to believe it's expensive because those of us that have had pets just know how costly it can be to have a dog or two or a couple of cats. I can only imagine having. Amelia, how many head of cattle did you say? We're about 400 head of mom and cows and two to 300 head of yearlings and heifers at any point. So total 700? Yes. Wow. And that, that number varies throughout the year depending upon what we have in inventory. And that will not include the baby calves alongside mama. All right, we'll take a break, pick it up here, we come back. Again, y'all got any questions or comments, 504-260-1870. I love learning new stuff. 621 Traffic Now, WWL. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 626, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking about the effect of cold and drought on ranchers. Amelia Kent, our guest chair, Louisiana Farm Bureau Livestock Advisory Committee. What what kind of effect has the weather had, both cold and drought, on the ranching industry, Amelia? It, again, it kind of varies in terms of where exactly you're asking about. Uh, personally, we're located north of Baton Rouge, about halfway between um, Zachary and the state line. And we, we have six different farm locations within East Feliciana Parish. The impacts that we felt were significant, and they were cold, but not like those felt further north. I saw pictures of snow and solid ice cover um, as nearby as near Alexandria, uh, but reaching all the way up north of I-20. And whereas we were thawing out and warming up very quickly, um, Actually, I think that was day before yesterday, as well as yesterday. I still saw ice in the north half of Louisiana, uh, as friends, pictures were sent to me by friends and contemporaries throughout the state. The ice, it, when it gets cold like this, the cattle depend upon a significant, uh, a, a significant amount of energy to keep themselves warm. And as caregivers, we have to make, provide them with everything we can for that. So... Uh, what it looked like for us, my husband and I were making sure every every herd had enough hay on Monday while it was still somewhat pleasant. Not It wasn't as bitterly cold on Monday. We were um, in our tractors and making sure hay was put out on Monday. But because of the drought, we also invested in a lot more feed infrastructure than we've had before. So we were making sure the feed trucks were full and ready to roll on Tuesday in case for instance, the co-op was closed or the roads were icy. Uh, so there's a lot of preparation on the front end. And I, I guarantee you when the forecast changed on Tuesday, um, Tuesday of last week, that's when it got on our radar that bad cold was coming. Um, when it comes to, like, um, the cost of maintaining that kind of herd, I was saying earlier, you know, those of us that have a dog or two dogs or cats or whatever, we, we know how costly vet bills can be. 
how hard is it to keep a herd healthy? How often do you have to monitor their health? How often is a veterinarian out to the ranch? That's always uh, a question that I had whenever I pass these giant herds of cattle. It, having a relationship with a veterinarian is absolutely utmost. Um, for instance, I we, we tested our bulls ahead of turning them out for breeding season on Monday, uh, and the vet was out doing so. And I had a cow um with a cow calving yesterday and i just called my vet to do a quick sound a, a quick gut check a quick sound check with them um to make sure i everything i was thinking and doing was in the right direction and he said yeah that's that's everything i would be doing um so a absolutely yes have a relationship with veterinarian officially that's called a bcpr vet client patient relationship um the cost is that's that's something that it needs a whole discussion in and of itself um the lsu ag center actually had a slide floating around a few weeks ago that compared the 2016 2020 and 2023 direct input costs of maintaining a cow so a brood cow during the course of a year and whereas the 16 and 20 numbers were essentially the same, hovering around $530, the 23 number was a staggering jump of $300 more to $830 a cow. Wow. That is significant. Nice. Um, and how much of that is a reflection of inflation compared to a reflection of drought costs and a drought-related costs like additional feed and additional hay? I don't have that data yet. I haven't been able to peel that onion to cipher one away, peel one away from the other, in terms of inflation and drought. But three hundred dollars per cow is—that's hard. Um, it is absolutely hard. And I'm nearing the end of uh, my QuickBooks just for our own business, wrapping up the 23 year, and my numbers would reflect that as well. So Amelia, I mean, we, we have to run. Thank you. I appreciate your time. I really do. We're a minute late for news. Chair of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Livestock Advisory Committee giving us a glimpse into ranching. It's 631 Traffic Now and News WWL. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.